This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I'm really excited to have you here today. I have a special interview. Her name is Lisa Kiss. She's a 3-5 emotional projector, astrologer, guide, teacher, and mentor from Ontario, Canada. And she's been studying this work since 2019. So her and I connected online. I was looking for people that I wanted to collaborate with for podcast interviews and I saw that she was really deep into astrology and I was like okay yes this was like a sacral fuck yes for me I reached out invited her to have this conversation and obviously now we're here and we're having this chat and I wanted her to come on to talk about her experience with astrology she's going to share something really cool today we're going to talk about the calendar and astrology and how you can leverage us for your business and she's going to share her story as well so Lisa welcome to the channel really excited to have you here and I would love if we can start a conversation where you can just share your story like you're invited to take the stage Okay, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm excited for you to come on my podcast as well. I think it's going to be so cool for everyone to learn more about human design over there. And like almost the intersection of astrology and human design as well. So my projector self, I said this earlier, is really excited to share. Um, So I'll start with I'm debating where to start. Should I start but like back in 2015 for my story point? Oh, yeah. whatever you feel most excited about you're like I want to share my story because this is one thing I will say like I've interviewed like 75 plus people on my channel and everyone always has such a unique story but people forget or they don't realize they're brilliant so I just want to give you the space to like own that and just dive into it okay so and like okay so being an astrologer dates are like really key for me I can remember numbers and dates like so well so I feel like um My story starts like November 28th, 2015, which is so, so specific. And I, that's the day I decided to publish lisamarie.com or lisamariekiss.com, which was a blog of mine. I was in school for fashion marketing and my Gemini self wanted to like document the experience and have a portfolio. And through that, I was doing uh, fashion internships, just documenting like what it was like to be an intern and all these things, but it was my first um, outlet, I guess, of like sharing experiences online. And then from there, it led me to start an ethical fashion blog where I was really into that. Um, I actually went to Vancouver, like I went out west to Vancouver and Victoria, and I believe I connected with someone who has an ethical fashion brand out there. And it was just like my whole world at that point and then from there I started a social media agency so like there's this interesting communications connection which I can like connect back to my chart now I didn't know that at the time and then I started this um like business I was 20 I've done all like I started this was like 18 to 20 that I've just explained and so when I was 20 I started the social media agency I 
was like, I had no idea what I was doing. Very like honest, young entrepreneur. So I was, I was in the middle of my like Saturn square, which again, I didn't know at the time, but I just knew that I had to go to yoga and I did this energy exchange. And then I was like, I have to enroll in a yoga teacher training. And then I did that. And I just felt like I changed spiritually, mentally, physically, all of it. And there was one workshop at this YTT where we talked about life purpose. And I we did like our life path and life cycle with numerology. And I do that as well with clients just for fun to see what cycle. And I'll bring up more cycles later. And then I learned that I wasn't just a Gemini, that I had like a moon and a rising and a whole chart. And my mind was completely blown. And I just like went home and I just started watching YouTube videos and taking notes. Like I always was such like a good student. So I was taking notes and detailed everything. And yeah, from there, I've been like obsessed with astrology for sure. But it led me to take like a mindfulness training another meditation teacher training. I've done my Reiki. Like I just like immersed myself in everything I could. And yeah, it's led me to where I am now where I've like stopped running a social media agency because I felt like it wasn't really, I, I didn't really understand the why behind it, um, like why I was doing it. But I still work in marketing during the day and I'm pursuing all of this astrology stuff that I love so much. Uh so yeah, I'm trying to think I'm for from forgetting anything in there. Uh, but yeah, I love hearing your your path of just exploring. Like that's such a three line thing to do. Like as a three five, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna go here. And I was actually just like I'm listening to you and I'm looking at your chart and gate nine is in your earth planet placement planet and that consciously. And the nine is all about details. So it's just really interesting how you're like. I was like taking notes and I was so focused and that's like part of like what grounds you. So it's just, it's really cool when I hear you share this story, like all the bits and pieces that fell into place. And one of the things I love too with astrology and even human design in these systems is that we just naturally experience it. Like you were sharing like, oh, it's in the middle of my, my Saturn square. I've never heard this before. I don't know what that is. Okay. If you want to talk about it after, but you're like, I'm in the middle of this, but I didn't know. And then you realize like looking back how, these energetic experiences, like they, they happen so naturally, like we don't have to force them, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Have you ever heard the term like the seven year itch? No, please, please okay. share. So my mom always has used it. I when I've, a lot of older people know this term, but I think it's connected to Saturn because Saturn works in seven year cycles. So I haven't experienced like the full return that happens age 28 to 30, but a lot of people who I've connected with, um, they normally say they kind of discovered astrology during their Saturn return or like dove more into something more spiritual. And so I kind of was introduced to it in my Saturn square without really realizing it, but it really just like it almost helps to know these things to almost feel like you're not going a little insane when things feel like a little heavier. Uh, so it happens. Uh, so like age seven is the first one. It's considered a square. And then when you're 14, so it's like basically puberty for everyone, you go through Saturn opposition, so it can be uncomfortable. And then when you're like 21 to 23, you have another square. So some people might like change what they're studying or they change jobs or something happens in their life. And then uh, 28 to 30 is like the full return. And so normally something big happens. A lot of people, I've heard like so many stories and readings, like what happens during the Saturn return. 
uh, like there's getting married, having kids, getting divorced, moving, going back to school, like big life changes. And then it just repeats again. So it goes like square opposition, square return. And then if you live old enough, you can go through three Saturn returns. My grandma will be going through her third one like uh, this year. So Wow, that's so cool. I did know about the, I mean, well, I've only really heard the Saturn return of like that 28, 29 window, because with the sixth line in human design, we have the three phases. So I'm curious, like that must relate on some level where it's like the first phase is pre-Saturn return. So a lot of experimenting, figuring things out. And then you hit that like 29, 28 to like 30, and then you're, you're on the roof. And then with that being on the roof, it's like, okay, you're reflecting and you're looking back on the things that you've learned. And then around the age 50, you're off the roof is what they call it. So then that is like the time where you've really mastered your craft and you're really seen as somebody who's mastered their work and be, and essentially become an expert. So it's like interesting to hear like that Saturn square is like broken down more, but there's still that over layer of like the lines and human design and how it ties into that. So that's super fascinating. Yeah, that is. I would love for you to dive into more. Like it sounds like, so you got into astrology and you started diving and taking in all the notes, learning all the thing. And so how did you start your business and then start to apply astrology to business? Like what was that path like for you? So for about a year when I was still doing social media, I was like, I was using my natal chart to work, like work with um, different like systems and marketing and launches and stuff like that. But something wasn't necessarily clicking. So then I just kind of like scrapped that. And I was like, we're going to go full force with this. I think I did my first paid reading uh, December of 2020. That's when I felt like confident enough to do it. And it was on a new moon in Sagittarius. I did that, which like looking back, I think is really cool. Uh, but I guess it's like, I started using it. So I was like, okay, I'm a Gemini. And then that I was like, okay, it makes sense. I'm in communications. And I was like, looking at my Venus point, you can look at Jupiter for like prosperity and abundance. And, um, I always felt that like, so like in the chart, like there, there are the different houses. So I'm a Gemini sun, Pisces, moon, cancer rising, and, it makes me a 12th house sun. I want to, like, I don't want to sound confusing when I say this, but uh, so it makes me a 12th house sun. So if your rising sign is the sign, like after your birthday, it, like the birthday, your birthday season, it makes you a 12th house sun. So my birthday season of Gemini season always felt really weird for me, like, uh, like more like a hibernation mode. And then this, like, I almost feel like I came back to life during cancer season, like right when summer hit. And when I noticed that in my chart, I was like, okay, you need to not like overload yourself during Gemini season. So that was like that first little click for me. And then I've also just realized the opposite to Gemini, Sagittarius, there's like so much in the opposites. I also take huge breaks during Sagittarius season as well, because it's like my sixth house of health and habits. And it's just like, you got to make sure that that's on track first before doing anything else. So just knowing these things can just, it really, it just really helps. I love this so much. And I'm really curious. Okay. I have two questions. The first yeah. one is, 
can you explain for the people because even myself when you messaged me like Kayla what's your big three and I was like fuck I need to look it up because I just not like I'm not that familiar with it but I know that this is I feel like becoming more common people are talking about it so my first question is and I'll ask the second one later is what is the big three like can you explain why this is important when people ask this Yes. So the big three is your sun placement, your moon placement, and your rising sign, which is also sometimes called the ascendant. So your sun sign. And sometimes when I say this, people are like, what? And it's just like your zodiac sign, sort of like when your birthday is. Um, And then if you put in on either like astro.com or astro-charts.com, it'll show like the moon placement and the rising as well. So the sun, it's like, it's important because it's just like your light, how you shine, just your natural kind of personality. The moon, in my opinion, is like the placement you have to look at. It's like the most important thing. It's your inner world. It's your emotional body. Like if that's not doing well in any aspect, whether it be like your personal relationships, your business, if like you don't feel fulfilled emotionally, like it's just not going to work. That's how I've always looked at it. And then your rising sign is almost like the lens of how you see the world and just your like your kind of unique perspective. Some people say it has to do with like your physical appearance. Um, It can dictate the body ruling like the first house. So um, I guess they're just like the three most important because it's like outer world, inner world, what you look like in a sense. So that's why people go to those. But yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love the way that you explain that because it really just... I had no understanding why like okay why do we need to know the big three like what's the big deal with this so that's really amazing thank you for sharing that and the second question I have is because when you shared that you started to realize how these placements were affecting how you were showing up in business or like your energy what was it like for you when you discovered that you were a projector and you started learning about human design because I'm curious how you take that and you layer this with like your understanding of leveraging astrology Yes. So when I discovered I was a projector, it made so much sense. I remember it said like 20% of the population, which just really clicked with me because I've always felt like a tad misunderstood the way I do things. It's just different. Uh, Yeah, I just I felt like I think I read a sentence that said like, eight hours of work you can do in three. And I was just like, yeah, hundred percent. You don't need eight hours to do work. Like that's so inefficient. And that really, really clicked in for me. It was very, and the rest thing, I love sleep, but I've, I always attributed that to my Pisces moon, just wanting to sleep and chill and be alone. And the, the whole recharging thing, I just connected to my water in astrology. And then I'm like, oh, it, it follows through with human design. It's a common theme with me. I need rest. I just I just operate differently. Some people understand it. Some people don't. But yeah, that's so cool. I love that that became an extra layer for you as a permission slip to really just trust yourself with how you want to show up like in your life and to rest because I, I think it's really easy for people to push for more work, but when it comes to pulling back for more rest, there's so much resistance because of the conditioning that we have in terms of like how we should show up in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I think my like calendar method with astrology is like a way to tell people to rest more, whether they want to hear it or not. It's almost like the seasons like go like this, the ebb and flow. So it's like, you don't always have to be on and I guess it's, I guess it's one of my ways of like sharing that in my projector-ness. And then 
one thing that came through like for me with projector and business was I think in 2019, I remember telling people, I'm like, I want to do more consulting. I want to do more consulting. I didn't know why. And so I was doing a lot of like the done for you kind of packages with marketing and it just wasn't, I was kind of bored with it. And now the work that I do, it's, I love one-to-one and I, I discovered that's very projector, like the aura penetrating thing. And I, I like doing groups, but I will limit to very small groups. And then I love doing one-to-ones. It's my favorite thing ever. But then I've also researched like how can projectors like scale their business if it's only the one-to-one and all these things and making sure you have offerings that are like the passive income stuff so that you're not always like you're not too drained. So like it was very helpful learning about the projector thing in terms of like, I guess how I would structure the work I do. So. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I would love actually, since you brought up the calendar, this is something I want to talk about because I know that definitely the people who come to my channel, like they're entrepreneurs, they're into human design, gene keys. I know that some of them are really going to be into astrology. I've talked about it a little bit, but I think that any energetic spiritual tools that can support people in their life and their business is going to be incredible. So I just want to give you like full reins to just dive into this and share what it is that you're in the process of creating. Cause I think that that's, it's, it sounds really cool and like super amazing. Thank you. It's really, it's just, it's fun for me, but it's also like a very helpful thing. I, um, it, I'm such a visual person. I might create like a visual or something and send it to you to include a link to or something. So basically your whole natal chart is divided into 12 triangles or if I get really in teacher mode, it's like 12 pizza slices. So you have 12 pizza slices. And so you need to know your time of birth like as accurately as you can for this to kind of work. And then I like to use the whole sign house system. It just makes all of the triangles, all of the pizza slices the same size and just a lot easier to read and understand. So basically where your ascendant is, it starts off the first house and that's basically your like season of like energy of you. You'll feel really like it's it's a great time to launch something and to like do something that's high energy for yourself. Um, you just would need to know like what zodiac season that's in by looking at it. And then from there, it kind of like, it ebbs down to like ground and more practical. And then it like goes up to communication and community. And then it goes back down to family. And it's like, there are these 12, there, there's just, there's four like seasons outside, but there's like almost 12 personal seasons that you have. And it's almost like in a whole year, you have like about 30 days equal time to hit all of those themes. Like you don't have to obviously focus on the same thing every day, but it'll kind of be like an overarching just kind of presence that you'll feel. Um, I guess one way to kind of see if you're feeling like the energy shifts is so um, like Aquarius season started January 20th, like noticing if there was a shift then in your energy and noticing if it was an ebb or a flow and like what the theme or the focus like went to. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this is answering the question. I don't know where else to go with this because I could go in like a few different directions, but um, the houses to look at for like business, like when you might be more focused on business, our houses two or seasons houses two, six, and 10. Um, but one will be more focused on like, like money ones focused on like your daily habits and like the systems you've set up. And then the other one would be more like long-term vision. And then even 
like house eight is even all about like investments and like um, I feel like the whole passive income thing. So there's that to look at as well. Um, but houses one, five, and nine, I can, they're the more like activating houses. Those are the seasons where you're really going to like feel yourself. That's what, that's how I've experienced it. That's just, they're the, um, they're naturally like the fire houses, but you might not have fire there just based on your rising sign. And those would be like the fun seasons to like put yourself out there, launch something, have fun. Uh, whereas like two, six and 10 are more like do the work, like ground practicality. Three, seven, 11 is more like connecting with other people, collaborating. And then four, eight and 12 are basically like you can introvert if you need to, like you, you can rest. It's like if that, and you can see how that kind of flows, I guess, in a sense. And um, yeah, so how I'm basically describing it is like how the sun is like transiting around your chart. And there's those um, in those 30 day periods, but with other planets in the sky, like it's going to activate different areas of your life. But I like to look at that like flow that we have as humans, like we wake up with the sun every day and it, it can kind of tap into our like masculine energy of like, this is our focus for 30 days. Um, if you wanted to get like really into the calendar, like super detailed, I like, I know where the moon is, like it changes every two and a half days. And that's how you can tap into your feminine flow within that 30 day container. It's like moving through it. It's like two circles in a sense, if that make if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that everything that you shared was so great because I know the listeners, like I'm, they're used to me going on an episode and saying so much information being like, you're going to have to pause. You're going to re you're going to rewind. You're going to take some notes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they can go back and listen and be like, okay, this house is this, this house is this, right. And be able to, to look at that. But I, I really love you sharing that because then it just gives another tool. Like I know that in human design, a lot of the time people would like to pay attention to the transits where it's like, okay, where are the planets in terms of the rave mandala and looking at the 64 hexagrams. And then if you have that planet in your or you have that gate and planet activated in your chart, what is that going to do for you? Like, is it going to complete a channel? Is it going to activate a center, right? So there's like, it's so interesting, the ebbs and flows. And I I love this so much as a tool, because if you think about it, the if you look at the corporate space, for example, it's very much like masculine driven, where it's like, hey, nine to five, get two weeks off a year, Monday to Friday. But if you look at people who menstruate and have a cycle, you know, these people like, women or people who are don't identify as women who have a cycle it's like that's going to be so different individually so how can we actually honor our energy and look at like what is being activated and what's not so I think I love your your concept of like paying attention to like following these cycles and some people recommend you know follow the moon but then you're talking about looking at the impact of the sun and the activation of that on a daily basis. So I'm curious if you wanted to elaborate on like what happens when you track certain planets, because obviously they're all moving, right? But like, I know that the sun and the moon have like a really big impact in terms of activation. Yeah. So I definitely will tap into my masculine energy more than my feminine, which is something I'm like working on. But the sun following the sun helps you almost pick like a focus or like a goal for 30 days and like you have a longer period of time to 
I guess, achieve that or work with it. And I feel like the word achieve is a very masculine word, but it's like in that, it's like honoring in that 30 day period, you're going to ebb and flow with your, your moods and like how the moon is changing every two and a half days, you're going to flow with, with your energy levels, depending on where you are in your cycle. So it's like knowing that you have that focus of that particular you know, house theme, but you, you might go through a bunch of other things within that. Uh, some other like key planets to look at they're the ones that move like slower. So like looking, I'll bring up Saturn again. That's interesting. Saturn coming up again. <laughs> Saturn is in a sign for about like three years. So wherever that's like obviously way more time than 30 days. And it really challenges you in that section of, uh, of your chart in your life and almost adds like a layer of discipline in that area. And you almost have like three years worth of lessons to learn because it's like, you don't necessarily learn lessons really easily. So it will, and the, the planets move like forward and back and forward and back. So like repeated themes will come up or people or places. Uh, so Saturn is one to look at and Saturn shifts into Pisces in March. So collectively we're going to feel it but in your own chart you you can reflect on okay like what has been a really big theme for me the last few years uh and then how can I like take those lessons as I move into like the new the new area so like I've had Saturn going through my eighth house and it's been a few interesting lessons that have come up things that I like never thought I would ever even focus on but they've come up and so now I'm like I'd kind of, I'm prepared now, I guess, for the ninth, the ninth house, what's going to happen. Um, so that's one of them. That's more like the lessons, the lessons planet. Then what's there... quick question, quick question about the eighth house. Can you just give an example? Like what is the theme of the eighth house? And if you feel open to just giving a few examples of like what you've experienced that you're going to take into the ninth house and like what the ninth house is, because I think that would be really cool to show like your reflection. Okay, so the eighth house is one of the most mysterious houses. It's, it means a lot. It's the Scorpio house, so it rules like occult things or uncomfortable subjects. Like it rules like sex, death, rebirth, money, all these things. So it can manifest in different ways. And like that's the thing with astrology. It's not like a, it's not predictive tool, but it'll just different themes. It can just, I always say it suggests the themes. So for me, it was, I I just dove into money work and subconscious healing of my money story. And I never even knew that was a thing, but I've, I've been in doing entrepreneurial stuff for so long, it was bound to happen. But like, I was listening to hypnosis and doing affirmations with things. And I, I literally had to do like a journaling of like, looking at my roots and like everything and you know writing oh this is what I heard about it growing up and all this stuff I even joined like a, a magical women and money membership to even kind of help me through that journey so that's been like one key theme and then uh it it's like the house of like psychology in a sense as well so I had like a therapist for the whole three years and I, I, I stopped therapy because I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I'm okay at the moment. I have a coach and everything, but like, even, even that, like someone could start therapy going into the eighth house, they could start 
getting really serious about money. I mean, I've even like investments and stuff always kind of scared me in a sense. But now I say things like I'm putting this money away for future Lisa and it's there and it's going in this account. And I like never used to speak like that before. It's more like that long-term vision of things as opposed. So eighth house was a very like, it was an interesting three years for me for sure. And now like I'll, I can bring up the planet Pluto Uh Pluto's moving into Aquarius in, Mar in March. March will be a really interesting time for astrology transits. There's a lot of energy shifts happening, but um, Pluto will enter my eighth house for like 20 years. So I feel like I've been prepped for this. So, um, but Pluto like rules the eighth house naturally. So it'll kind of be at home, but I have no idea what that will mean. But wherever Pluto enters your chart, it's like a long, long period of transformation. Like it stays there for a while. Um. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about a few other planets, or you can share? Can you share why you think in the eighth house that's preparing you for the ninth house, and like what yeah. the ninth house is about? And then I definitely I have a comment about the planets, like because I'm thinking about human design right now, so I want to share that after. Yes. Yeah, so the ninth house can be things like uh publishing, learning, travel. It can also be a lot of like entrepreneurial stuff. So I feel like I have established a good baseline of my money story and setting up systems and structures with like just where if money's funneling in, like where it's going to go, like giving it like a home in a sense where maybe before it didn't know where it was going. So I definitely feel like I've set up structures for myself for whatever entrepreneurial stuff I do. I also like wrote and published a book in 2021 just because like I felt like trying it. So I did it and I'm getting the cover redone and I feel like a, a seriousness coming for this year to get really serious about promoting that book. And I feel like that's very ninth house. Like it's something I wrote and it's like evergreen content in a way. So, uh, there's that as well, which I feel like can be an eighth to ninth house transition as well. Um, but yeah, it's almost like uncovering all the subconscious stuff before you can move on to like even ninth and 10th, which is like more putting yourself out there, the more business houses, the entrepreneurial side of things. So yeah, that's so cool. I think this is all starting to click now. So curious the length of the house experience that we have depends on what planet is in that house. Is that how it works? Okay. Yes. And then the calendar that you were sharing, is this obviously to show people how to track the planets in their houses? Is that because I think, okay, because now this is for me, just for the listeners, because obviously I'm so new to this as well. But it's like, what you just shared between the eighth and ninth house is super helpful, because then it's like when people check out this this calendar that you have that you're working on that we're going to include it in the show notes or at least how to get on the list to get your hands on it is like you contemplating your experience of being in that house and you can do the work of whatever it is that theme of that house to prepare you for the next and I think it's so cool because I know my listeners are familiar with human design then you throw in how to embody your human design while you're doing this work and it's like freaking fireworks you know what I mean <laughs> Yeah, like, so the first house is no, like, normally ruled by Aries. So it's like beginnings, people even relate the, the zodiac signs, you can relate it to like parts of the body. So like Aries starts off the head, and then Pisces ends with the feet. So you go through everything, it like builds. And then um, 
uh, with age development. Someone's even connected it to like psychology and age development. So Aries is when you're like born, you're like a fresh baby. And then uh, Pisces is like end of life death. So it is like a building upon as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. Just how like all these layers tie in together. I was so enthralled in what you were saying that I forgot my next question, but that's okay. But I would love for you, like, what do you feel called to right now, just based on our conversation? Like, what is the next thing that you want to share? Because I think I love like these examples that you're giving. And I think it's it's so helpful. Yeah, I can share like two, I mentioned Saturn, I mentioned Pluto. So like life lessons and then transformation then there's uh, the planet Uranus or Uranus or Uranus. It's said in different ways. And um, so whenever this planet, it normally stays in a sign for like seven years. So like we right now have um, Uranus and Taurus 2019 to 2026. And so um, like collectively, it's ruling things like food, money, land, all these things, housing, and you see that like happen. Um especially but, in Canada. We're like yeah. laughing about like housing prices in BC and even Ontario. Like it's just ridiculous. So that's why I'm laughing with you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so like Taurus rules uh your your our basic needs. So like we need food, we need shelter, we need money to buy things in a sense. But then Uranus is the planet that like shake th- shakes things up. So it's really kind of rattling everything. Uh So wherever that is going on in your chart right now is basically saying you need to shake something up here. Like you've been stagnant, like something needs to change. So uh, for me, I've had uh, Uranus in my 11th house, which is all about like community uh, groups, organizations, friendships, like being something like being a part of something that's bigger than yourself and connecting community. So I personally have had changes with like friend groups, work environments now where I'm like closer with people than like I was previously. And then even just, I feel like doing things like this and connecting with you and you're like on the other side of the country, it's, it's just very different. So that's how I've experienced um, that, but it can happen like any, in any part of the chart. And it can kind of just like, if it's like, happening in your first house all about you you could literally change up the way you look your identity all those kinds of things so that's so interesting yeah I'm starting to understand like the flavors that cross over and the thing that I was going to say that I forgot was if you look at your human design chart and I remember learning this the top planet so both on the conscious and unconscious side all the way to the bottom the top planets move faster than the lower ones so when you're talking about Pluto taking it 20 years I think you said to go through like a full yeah same thing and then like I think there's there's Pluto there's Uranus Neptune um going all the way up is going to be the planets moving faster so I find like that's so interesting to have all these experiences energetically based on the flavors of the planets but then there's the houses and then it's like the house is ruled by this one and then it's connected to this one and it's just I can see why people get overwhelmed but I think this is a great question let's say people are listening to this and maybe they're at the level that I'm at where I'm like, I I know some things and I'm like making the connections. How would you recommend people to get started? Like you gave such great examples of what it's like to have like certain planets and houses. And I feel like that was super clear because usually people are like, oh, this is in this house. And then there's no sort of relatable metaphor or something with it. What's a great way to just get started with understanding how to digest this and be present and aware of this showing up in your life? 
Okay, so step like step one to learning astrology is like Google is your best friend with things. So if you just Google the like, astrological 12 houses and it'll pull up a wheel and just have that in front of you in a sense. And then it'll show like the 12 different themes in like a circle. And then from there, like kind of decoding the the glyphs, like basically like if like Aries is like the ram. So then like knowing those and then almost just piecing it together. So it's like learn like I guess learning what sentence to like start researching, if that makes sense. Because it's how like I started and then like I've just dove into courses, but it's always helpful to study yourself, like to study it yourself. So if um uh with your chart, did you say you were Scorpio rising or Sagittarius? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Scorpio rising. So it would you would type in like Scorpio in the first house. And then it can give you that kind of like um, theme for that. That's like where I would start. And then if you know the order of the zodiac signs, it's like the order around the circle. So then you go like Sagittarius second and then like Capricorn third. And then that's that's like how I would start with it after knowing your sun and moon for sure. Like those two, but yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Just giving like, where do I start? Because I know people, especially when, let's say I start talking about human design, they don't know human design and they look up the chart. They're like, where do I even start with this? And it's like, okay, what is your type? What is your strategy, your authority, your not self theme, like the super foundational stuff. And then you dive into the gates that are in the planets and if they're consciously or unconsciously defined, and then it just goes on from there. So I'm curious, have you like, obviously human design has supported you and reaffirmed a lot of what you know about yourself when it comes to astrology. But I'm curious if you have found more clarity because you're using both of these as a tool. And if it's, if maybe one is more nuanced than the other, like, do you see a lot of similarities? Because obviously we have the planets and the Reef Mandala similar to, um, you know, the, the natal chart in some ways. So I'm curious to hear your insight on that. Yes, I've looked at the the mandala circle one. I found that easier to read. And I think that's just because I'm used to the natal chart. And I remember looking at that and just seeing a lot of Aquarius placements or just stuff in the Aquarius side. I don't know if they're like the lines and stuff. And that I really resonated with. Um, but I don't know. I being a projector was probably just like no finding that out was just like game changer I it just and I don't know if like everyone feels that way or if it's just the like projectors manifestors reflectors because they're just like smaller like I wherever I end up like wherever I work I do I pull I get everyone into all this stuff and then I find out their their charts and whatever I'm the only projector in my workplace like I work with a bunch of generators manifesting generators and I just I don't know I feel like I kind of forget what you asked but I feel like the uh the projector piece was just like key I mean I feel like I've researched the lines a little bit and I I don't know if I have like the entrepreneur line or something uh but I guess like the defined points as well like the open throat thing I think I have like an open throat that I remember researching and then I have like the, it says like defined ego or whatever that part is. And that was interesting because I've never been like one to 
to sway. Like I'm just, I kind of just throw myself into things and I don't really care where I, some people around me, they're quite self-conscious about putting themselves out there. And I just like, don't care. I just kind of do it. Um, It's like that think later kind of attitude about it, but I don't know if that has to do with that. And then, yeah. I think these are, yeah, no, I think these are great examples, but let's say for example, when you've had the experience of, and I have, I have your chart here. So having an undefined throat center, having like a defined heart center, which is like, obviously putting yourself out there, like being driven, being committed. Do you, do you see these, this definition and then you as a projector and then look at your astrology chart and be like, Oh my God, like I see where this is in my natal chart. Like, does that show up for you as well? Like, do you see those layers connecting? I think so. I mean, the the open throat thing, I feel like connect to the Gemini, like the just, I don't, I feel like I just talk too much with things and I'm talking with my hands so much. So that's just like a, <laughs> a Gemini rules the hands. So I just feel like there's just lots of action going on, but definitely like the projector in the water in my chart, really like when you describe a projector and how they need to rest and recharge and like they have like a lower almost like operating battery in a sense I'm like that's the water signs and then uh yeah I connect the projector to the water and then like maybe the the open throat to the air in a sense um I'm not sure where the like the defined heart kind of comes in there but all of like my three workhouses are fire in my needle chart and so I always just feel like there has to be a passion with what I'm doing or I won't do it like there has to be that passion so I don't know if that clicks yeah I I feel like that resonates because let's say you know just so the listeners know um Lisa has her emotional solar plexus root heart and g center defined and that's a single definition so they're all connected and so that um, like th- that pressure from your root center is literally pushing into like your feelings, which pushes into your heart center, which is like, I'm passionate, I'm driven about this. And then the G center is very much like, this is who I am. This is how I relate to things. This is where I'm going. This is my lovability. So it's just like this pressure of emotions and passion and like knowing where you're going. So I feel like you sharing that even just with the not wavering, like I'm committed, I'm going to show up and do this. Like that is, that really does tie into you know, the human design side, and then that astrology aspect that you've mentioned. So I thought, I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, with the defined root, is that like, I don't want to say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's an awful question. But like, I've always looked at, does that mean like you're more grounded or you feel more rooted or you feel like there's something pushing you? The root center works in cycles. So it's very much like a pulsating pressure. And the root center theme is like personal development, personal growth, like what's next being pressured to like take action in life. So that center, when you have it defined, what that means is that you're going to just consistently have that pressure within you. Like you don't need external motivation, external deadlines, people pressuring you to do things. You're like, I'm good. Like I have my own internal pressure. Whereas for me, my root center is undefined. So what I find for me is that I can be overwhelmed by other people's agendas or them being like, oh, you like societal pressures. Like you should achieve this by this age and you're a woman. So you should have this and so on. So these things come up and it can be very overwhelming because I'll like pick it up and it'll be amplified. Like that's what happens when you have these spaces undefined. So I think that there is no good and bad because the irony I've noticed is having an undefined root, it doesn't mean that I, I don't get things done. It's just 
let's say, for example, if I go to a cafe, which sometimes I do this with human design, I'll go to a cafe to pick up the energy that's there and I will get so much done, like ridiculously productive. And then I come home and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm good. Right. Whereas somebody may have an easy time just always working with themselves if they have a defined route because that pressure is always there for them. So does that, does that give you a bit more clarity in terms of the root center? Yes. If you, so like, I love like lists and writing things down and having goals for myself. So I have two whiteboards in front of me with like a year plan. So like, as you're saying the like internal pressure, I'm like, yeah, it's there. It's like right in front of me on, on that corner. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. And also too, even just like I mentioned you having that ninth gate activated in the sacral which like has to do with details right and like that determination and like getting things done so that's gonna be like a big influential factor just so cool I love being able to to bring all these pieces together and I think that it just shows from a farsighted view like as humans we're all connected but then also just with the cosmos like we don't we don't necessarily see them but there's there are influential factors at play that make an impact for us and can support us if we go with that flow rather than resisting the energy so I think that's really cool so before I wrap things up today is there anything else that you that you wanted to share that you feel called would just really support or amplify anything that that you talked about today well can you said the thing about picking up people's energy when you're like at a at a coffee shop I can go anywhere and I'll okay this is an example so I have like a little cousin who's like three and I adore him and whenever I spent he's a manifesting generator I looked at his chart whenever I like spend time and like babysit him and like play with him I come home and I'm so motivated and I get so much work done it's so weird and I feel like I've picked up his sake like my sacral is just filled with his energy and I get so much done it's fantastic but then there are times where I'm like with people or in places and I feel so drained and that's almost like a cue like okay maybe don't spend time with those people but I've now like I have like crystals and sage and all of the things and um I will now specifically like clear like my sacral chakra and I never used to do that before and I find it to be because I know that I'm a projector I'm just like I, I'm like clear out that area clear it out clear it out which yeah that's like a new a new thing I do but the uh it's definitely that the energy and but I used to always equate the energy picking up to the Pisces moon I have just like oh the water I'm picking up what everyone's feeling but it it is the open sacral too so there's that crossover and then my little cousin who I adore he's a Pisces and I just I just love him but I don't know the energy I almost get from him is like a fire even though he's water it's really really interesting how that I don't know how we like connect with other people but yeah yeah, no, I think what you shared was great. Like just as a tip for people who are non-sacral beings, because there's like a 60 to 70% chance that somebody will have their sacral defined and either be a generator or a manifesting generator. And so you sharing that, like, it's true. Like you go and you pick up the energy of people, but then when you come home and you're with your own energy and it kind of disappears because you're not plugged into that, that's where that draining feeling can happen. Or even if you spend so much time with people that give you energy, but then you feel drained, it's just like your capacity has just been reached to be able to hold that energy. So the like you doing that, like that's a really great example, like that smudging and clearing out the energy that doesn't belong to you, I think is really powerful. Because for me, I only have two centers defined. So it's like I pick up so much from people, even if I'm a sacral generator, there's still like 
the head and the ajna and like that root center and the spleen, like there's so many places to pick things up. So I think it's great that you've realized that and you shared that. So thank you for that. And before I wrap things up, I want to ask what is like an intuitive piece of wisdom that you want to leave everyone with today? I'll go back to the moon, like go look at your moon sign and just check in on your emotional body. And I know you mentioned my chart. I'm like very emotionally driven, but like just go check in on your emotional body and, and see what, cause when I discovered my moon sign, I would just, it made so much sense for me. Cause I was always more of a quiet Gemini. Cause if you read things about Gemini's, I resonated with some of it and I was just like, I'm not loud and extroverted and talking to random people. Like if I don't know you and then I discovered my moon and I was like, oh, I feel so seen, like very validated and seen. So I would say go look at your moon sign, especially if you've never resonated with your your zodiac sign, like check in on your moon, but then almost like check in on your your inner world. So. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Before I wrap things up, can you tell everyone where they can connect with you? And then obviously you're working on this calendar. And if the best thing is to get on your email list, like let let the people know. Yes. So um, my website is Lisa Kiss Astrology and my Instagram is Lisa Kiss Astrology. You can find me there. And just in case anyone's wondering, my last name actually is Kiss. Like that's my name. I get asked that sometimes. So it's like, yes, it's Lisa Kiss and it sounds cool. So that's a benefit. Um, And then I do have, I call it my monthly mystical um, moon notes. That's where I'll announce first when my uh, rising sign planners, this like kind of, I don't know exactly how it's going to look. It's, it's in the works, but how this, it's basically like a, just look at it and you know what, what season you're in by the dates and it's all there for you. So you don't kind of have to think about it and you can just start planning how you're going to like find those rest moments, I guess. But uh, yeah, that would be my, my email list. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today and allowing me to like pick your brain because I was like, okay, I'm seeing the pieces come together. And then I loved when you started giving your examples and I was like, okay, I get it now. Like look these up in the houses. That's the theme. How long the planet lives there. That will tell you how long the cycle is. Like there's so many aspects. So thank you so much for coming on. And I'm really excited to come on to your channel. And just so the listeners know, once we've done that episode, I'll put it in the show notes. You can like listen to each of our our conversations, which I think will be great. So thank you for taking the time to come on, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and letting me just like share everything. (laughs) Yeah, you're so welcome. I knew as a projector, I was like, okay, I'm going to invite her and I'm just going to let her like share the things and give full throttle permission. So that was so good. So thank you to all the listeners. If you can please take a moment to subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet and make sure that you follow Lisa on social media, hop on your email list so that you can get your hands on the calendar that we talked about today. And of course, if you can take a moment to leave a review, I would appreciate that so much. And also check out her podcast channel as well, which we'll have in the show notes. And I'll chat with you in the next episode.